Ohio Gazani Mas, and welcome to the Tokyo's 2020 podcast. My name's Ollie Lemke, and I'm joined here tonight by Alex Van Anholt. Al, how are you, mate? Konnichiwa, Ollie. I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. How about yourself, mate? Yeah, mate, going very well. Had a couple of beers, so feeling on top of the world. B Cross finest son, Tom. Good to see you again, mate. Uh, always a pleasure, Ollie. Great day of sport and another great one ahead of us. So what's there to complain about? That's it. Righto, fellas, we've got an opening question tonight from a uh, listener. Shout out to Grace Williams. She's asked, how do the countries decide on exhibition sports and do they keep some for ongoing Olympics? What do you think should be the exhibition sports for Brisbane 2032? So for the listeners at home, exhibition sports, they're not actually a thing anymore, but once upon a time, uh, specific host cities were allowed to nominate an Olympic sport um, that didn't count as part of the medal competition, but it was purely there to sort of promote that. So some examples were in Melbourne, 1956, they played Australian rules football, of course. Uh, Munich, 1972, water skiing was a part of the program. And in Barcelona, 1992, they had roller hockey, something I reckon Al would look pretty good on. Um, some demonstration sports, to answer the question about keeping some for ongoing Olympics, there have been a couple over the years that have been continued. Uh, examples include badminton, tennis, taekwondo, baseball, and volleyball. Now, Tom, I'll throw to you first. Brisbane 2032, what would be your exhibition sport? Uh, well, look, there's actually not too many sports out there that aren't already included in the Olympic program, but I've gone one that I think we can um, go close to a gold medal in, and that's Goanna wrestling. I think particularly up there in Queensland, um, there'd be a few good candidates putting their, their hand up. Um, and I just don't know how well-versed the Eastern Europeans uh, and the Russians are in their Goanna wrestling because they would obviously be the big dangers with their strong sort of wrestling and weightlifting backgrounds. But I think if we get the jump on them, um, yeah, we're a good gold medal chance there. Yeah, that's a good one. Get RM Williams in there as, as the main um, belt provider because they obviously do the sturdiest belts. Um, and Al, what are you thinking? Yeah, I've gone and I think the Olympics needs to start looking at the future and the advancement of technology. We've got all sorts of racing in there at the moment. And one of the more favoured ways to get around Brisbane at the moment is the Lime Scooter. So I'm thinking a Lime Scooter race from the Caxton Hotel on Caxton Street, down the expressway over the Brown Stake, and then finishing off at the hallowed surf of the, of the Gabba, um, ideally on Vulture Street, uh, also the name of one of Powderfinger's great albums. So it's just, it's just be an iconic Brisbane event. Yeah, beauty, mate. What about you, Ollie? What are you thinking? Well, I've gone one with, I think, you got to think of ones that definitely give Australia an edge. Um, so I've gone on what would be called a walkabout race. And basically, um, all contestants or countries competing would get blindfolded, um, taken in the back of a, um, a ute out into um, outback Queensland. And um, it was then um, on their prerogative to get back to the Olympic Stadium in Brisbane, um, without using any public transport. So um, means of transport would be sort of hitchhiking, walking, and, uh, you know, it takes into a lot of different skills such as orienteering and, um, you know, communication skills, trying to talk people into giving lifts from certain places. So dropping them, you know, well out past Roma would make it a sort of a two, three-day event, I feel. 
Al? Yeah, I actually reckon question. that's that's a pretty good idea. Like, imagine you, if you came in back and um, in true Queensland style, you could steal a car, you could steal a horse, you could swim the brown snake, you could swim with crocs. It might end up being the actual modern, modern version of the modern pentathlon. Yeah. Maybe you could even combine your event. We, um, you know, what would add a nice element to it would be the fact that you can't really, you know, going on history, trust every person you meet in the Australian outback. Um, so there's a genuine chance you could end up six foot under in a random national park. So, I mean, you just have to be quite wary of who you meet. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend um, watching Wolf Creek on the, on the plane trip over if, if that's your pet event. So. And the other thing I like about it is um, it obviously gives the Aussies an edge and it puts the Seppos at a massive disadvantage because I dare say no one from Outback Queensland is going to pick up one of them. So, um, yeah, it's, it'd be worth thinking about anyway. Right, gents, we'll jump into the recap quickly. Um, big day today again for the Aussies. Uh, some great results, some disappointing results. It all started at uh, 8.30 this morning in the men's golf. Um, Cameron Smith and Mark Leesham and the Aussie representatives both had a solid start, nothing outstanding. Um, Smith finished with an even 71 uh, and Leishman one under. The uh, Austrian, Sepp Stracker, hit a brilliant 63 to sit in the outright lead at um, eight under. Uh, the rowing B finals, uh, men's finished fourth in their B final and the women's pair of Annabelle McIntyre and Jessica Morrison crossed the line in first. So good stuff to them. Uh, the shooting, we had the women's 25-metre pistol qualification. Alina Galabovich. <laughs> We'll just call it Alina G for now. Finished 31st and will not advance to the final. And the women's trap qualification, a heartbreaking day. Tom, you were keeping an eye on that one? I did, yeah. Well, the girls, both um, both Penny and Letitia, who on this show we, we like to know, we, we like to call it the Tish, um, they both qualified for the final. Um, and Letitia, Letitia, she unfortunately finished in very in, in fourth and very tight spot for third um, in a great display of shooting and Penny finished sixth in that final. So an outstanding achievement for those two girls. The BMX uh, got underway. Uh, so we had Anthony Dan competing for the men. Uh, no luck for Anthony. He won't be progressing to the semis. Um, however, better result for the girls, Lauren Reynolds and Saya Sakikiapara into the semis tomorrow. Uh, the women's rugby seven. They, went, they got off to an absolute fire today, albeit against pretty weak opposition, but thought they looked really good. Um, got a text from my old man. He said that's the best he's seen football being played since Campisi retired. So shout out to Tone. Um, but game one against Japan, they got a strong win, 48-0. Um, and then game two against the Chinese was a 26-10 win. So that means they'll progress. Um, but obviously more games to come tomorrow. The swimming finals, uh, that's where most of the action was today. Um, we, it all started with Jack McLaughlin in the 800 metres freestyle. He swam a pretty good race, um, but it was an absolute corking finish. Um, the American, Fink, stormed home after being down by almost two seconds heading into the last 50. Um, and so he, he got a great, great win. Another goal for the Yanks, unfortunate to see. That was a, um, I don't know if you boys were watching, but that wasn't the Italian fellow that went out early there. That was an outstanding race from him to hold on. Um, yeah. 
to last that long. I mean, I thought at about the 400 meter mark, he had nothing left in the tank, but he uh, showed a fair bit of grit. And I, I think from what I understand, he's actually swimming in the 15 and in the marathon swim. So he's got a big engine, that eye tie. Yeah, he certainly set a hot pace. I and mean, if he can go out to the 10K in the marathon, it's probably just a little warm up for him. So he can stay all day, as they say in the racing terms. And for the fourth day in the row, we picked up a gold in the pool in just the second race. So it was um, the men's 200-meter breaststroke and Zach Stubbledy Cook, as I correctly tipped last night for our multi. Um, he won a brilliant gold for Australia. Um, it was the type of win we absolutely love to see, wasn't it, gents? Coming from behind, last 50 all to be done, and he was good enough to get it done. Yeah, that last 25 metres was just a, a typical Aussie performance we've, we've come to expect in the pool from our gold medal chances. Um, just absolutely powered home, and he was also pretty good tonight in the, um, the the first ever mixed medley relay heats. So you watch that one as well, Tommy? Yeah, it just I think it was an incredibly disciplined performance from Zach to, um, to back his race plan and to sit, you know, at the 100-metre turn and I think about sixth place. Um, but, you know, just to trust his game plan or his race plan rather and um, really come home strong. It was an outstanding performance. And I think, I guess, unless you've been in a position where you're kind of racing against other people, it's easy to fall into the trap of, you know, maybe moving away from your your, your race plan and trying to be a little bit too hard too early and burning yourself out. But, yeah, credit to, to Zach. That was outstanding. Uh, so that was the first gold for the Aussie men in the pool. Um, and the women's 200-meter butterfly final was next. So that was Brianna Throssell for Australia. Unfortunately, Brianna never looked really like finishing in anything other than eighth place. But um, massive feat for her to get through to the final. So um, hats off to Brianna there. Uh, and now the one that really broke the Aussies' hearts. I mean... We'd had so many tight finishes over the last couple of days where we we got the better of our opponents, uh, but this one did really sting. It was the the men's 100 meter freestyle. Um, King Kyle, one of our favourites on this show, um, up against the young Caleb Dressel. How'd you see that one, Al? Yeah, heartbreaking. But Caleb Dressel, the better man on the day. I think he just had the better split in terms of the reaction time at the start, and then that was sort of reflected in the finishing time as well. It looked like King Kyle had him uh, just metres out from the line, but then Thorpey's gone the early crow, which I did as well. And I'm pretty sure most frustrated. It certainly looked like he had his hand in front. But um, got to say hats off to Kyle, though. He uh, seems like a terrific bloke and he was very respectful and very uh, a, a great great Australian representative on the world stage today after such a disappointing um, effort, or not a disappointing effort, I'd say a heartbreaking um, result. Tommy, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have much much more to add. I think Dressel's probably been one of the most outstanding swimmers at this meet. Uh, you know, he showed in the in the relay why he is the best 100-metre swimmer in the world. Um, and, you know, he's just got a very aggressive race plan where he gets out hard in that first 50 and it's kind of everyone else playing catch-up. So... Credit where credit's due, as much as I hate to say it. But, um, yeah, he, he was very good today. That one hurt because it was a flip of a coin and, um, you know, it looked like King Kyle did, did, did all he could and he was in the position to win. Um, the next one hurt because we thought we were an absolute shoo-in 
Um, the $1.06 favourites, women's 4 by 200 metre freestyle relay team led off by the tit. Controversial selections. Many people have had a lot to say with that. But the tit led off, Emma McKeon in second, Maddie Wilson in third, um, and then the fourth swimmer, Leah... Neil, I think it was. Leah Neil, that's right. Yeah, her first um, swim of the games, I think it was as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, first swim of the games. So they, um, I mean, they swam all right, but they would have, they broke their own world record. But unfortunately, the Chinese and the Americans were even better. Uh, Tom, we'll throw to you first. Yeah, that was bloody painful to watch. Um, I think, like, you know, obviously a lot of people are criticizing perhaps the makeup of our relay or who swam where or in what particular leg. But I don't know if anyone was going to beat that Chinese team on the day. Um, You know, they obviously shattered our previous world record. And, you know, not only did we win swim a world record um, swim, the Yanks did too. So, look, I think we have to um, take our hats off to China there. They were were just too good across across the four swimmers. Yeah, that's right, Al. Anything yeah. like that, Dad? Well, I've been warned about voicing my opinions too too loudly on this show today, given the threat from our, our rivals to the north and my um, derogatory comments towards their favourite son, Sun Yang, the other night. So I, I, I'm not going to go much further into that. I think you can probably pick up what I've already said without saying anything. <laughs> but um, the silver lining is that the Yanks didn't win. Um, and the Chinese somehow got up without their fifth swimmer. I think um, I saw someone on Twitter say uh, their fifth swimmer, the backup for that heat was uh, wee doping. So um, tough to see her miss out on the race as well. But um, it's good to know what the, the Chinese have been working hard in the pool um, during their time hidden by the COVID curtain. Yeah, very, leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, very impartial thoughts there, Alex. Good to. Good to have that on the show. <laughs> nice of you to take it so well. Um, we'll move on to another listener question. It's come in from uh, Baz Julian. He says, loving the podcast. How about you ease up on the Raiders slanter? We can't make any promises there, Barry. But Won't be happening anytime soon, John. That's your real name. <laughs> I notice there are a few records still standing since the super suit era. One question I've been asking is if these suits are now banned, should the record still stand? Would love a discussion on the pod. Well, John, I hate to give you what you want, but that's what you're going to get. Tom, we'll throw to you first. Yeah, um, I will say uh, Lemo did warn warn, uh, us that this question would be asked. So I had a little bit of time to think, but I mean, I'm kind of torn, I think, if we look at the women's world records, there's only one or two that still stand from that era. Um, Frederico Pellegrini's 100, I think, still stands, or 200. Um, but like in terms, when you look at the men's world records, an awful lot of them are still there, um, particularly in the sprint events. Uh, the, two, the, one, the two and the four, or the one, the two and the four, 100 free are all still um, super suit era um, records. And you'd imagine with the way sports science is going and nutrition and training that we all should be getting faster and fitter and stronger. But, you know, it seems as though there was definitely a massive advantage in those suits. But, you know, in saying that, I'm not sure whether, you know, it wasn't really the athlete's fault. I mean, they were only uh, using what they had at their fingertips to the best of their advantage 
and it wasn't considered illegal at the time. So I think it would be a bit rough to strip the strip the records off them retrospectively. But I mean, I think there always has to be a little asterisk next to them as long as they stand. Yeah, agree with that. Al? Yeah, much the same. I'm sort of a bit indecisive without knowing too much of the full history of the, the laser suits, as I believe they were called. But um, it's it's one of those touchy topics in terms of do you just let everyone have free-for-all and, and provided that everyone's got access to the same technology, um, do you bring in a universal sponsor? But it is a bit, a bit of a, um, a blemish on the record of the sport when you've got these guys like Cesar Cielo and Paul Lederman holding a number of multiple records without ever winning an Olympic gold. Yeah, nice. Um, we went down for long following the, the shock loss of the women's four by two. The canoe slalom, uh, that got underway with the semifinal at three o'clock. Jessica Fox, uh, she qualified uh, fastest. She was fifth fastest into the semi. She qualified fastest into the final. Um, and Jesus Christ, wasn't that an event? Um, so, Al, we'll start with you. How'd you say this one? Well, if that's not your new favourite sport, then I believe that you're un-Australian. Um, it's ab- absolutely everything we love. It's in the water. It's fast. It, there's no margin for error. It's unforgiving and it rewards excellence. So, Fair play to you, Jess. You're absolutely outstanding today. Thought you probably deserved gold yesterday, but just had a couple of unlucky touches. Um, so, yeah, an, an awesome effort. And um, I'm really keen to see the, uh, the blokes K1 tomorrow, which I think we'll go through a little bit later. Yep. How about yourself, Ollie? Yeah, mate, I loved it. And it was great to see um, Jessica Fox so often the bridesmaid. She got the uh, silver in uh, London, the bronze in Rio. And then we obviously saw the bronze on Tuesday, that was all in the kayaking. This is the first time the canoe has been um, competed in, competed for for the women, um, and she had it all to do. Uh, the Brit posted an amazing time, which was I think three seconds faster than Jess's time in the semi. She's going down for she's going down last. Nerves of absolute steel, and she um, she absolutely creamed it in the end. I think she won by about two seconds. So it was great to watch. Tommy, anything, Dad? Yeah, I don't know. I think, um, as Al said, uh, it's definitely a, uh, a favourite of mine now. I think it's the the ultimate spectator sport. I think the, uh, I mean, obviously having an Aussie in the final and in contention made us all a lot more interested than we normally would. But I think it's just the way it's geared up with your best um, your best competitors uh, finishing later and later um, and the times get faster and faster. It just really adds to the theatre of it all. I mean, it's sort of comparable to the time trial we see in the cycling, but obviously happening in such a short uh, time frame. There's a bit of a reality TV element to it when um, they have the three standing up on the podium together who are the medal yeah. contenders, and then when someone beats them, they just get yeah, turfed off. <laughs> <laughs> I like that aspect. Um, so from there, we went and watched... Abadi in the she's a number two seated pairing. Uh, she no, sorry, her and Piers were up against the number two seated pairing, Sakari and Ditsipas from Greece in the mixed doubles quarters. Uh, Aussies took out the first set six four, went down in the second six four, and then won in a tiebreak at ten six. So they go through to the semis. Obviously, seventy five percent chance of winning a medal now. Um, so that's good to see Aussie Ash. 
still find the flag despite uh, bowing out in the doubles and the singles earlier this week. And then we uh, went to the pool, back to the pool for the swimming heats. And Tom, you're keeping a close eye on that one. Yeah, obviously a few um, hotly anticipated events, uh, albeit heats tonight. We had um, our girl Arnie up against Katie Ledecky in the 800 free um, in different heats, but I guess up against each other nonetheless. Um, and Arnie went through into the final in the sixth fastest time with um, our other Aussie Kai Melbourne in seventh, um, Katie Ledecky finishing first. Uh, so not much in it from first to eighth uh, in the final. Um, so it's going to be a very exciting race tomorrow. Uh, but obviously, Katie Ledecky is going to be the one to beat there. Then we had the heats of the men's 100 fly. We had David Morgan and Matt Temple representing us there. Matty Temple qualified eighth. So he'll be going through to the semis. Um, and Caleb Dressel qualified fastest with an Olympic record. So he continues his outstanding meet. Um, then we had the women's 200 metres backstroke. So we had Fuck Yeah Queen, Kaylee McEwen uh, and Emily Seabong, two girls who've come to know quite well. And Kaylee finished fastest and the Seabon are also making the semis coming in at eighth place. So another really good gold medal chance there. And then we had the newest event on the, well, one of the newest events on the Olympic swimming program in the four by 100 meter medley, mixed medley relay. Um, so we actually finished second in our heat behind a fast finishing Chinese team. Um, so the finals on Saturday, and that's bound to be an absolute crack up. Then I think we were, we stayed in the pool lolly and we, we had the men's water polo tonight. Yeah, that's right. So the Aussies were up against Serbia. Unfortunately, they went down 14-8. Um, that means the Sharks have it all to do with two games to play. They'll have to win against uh, both Spain and uh, Montenegro to go through um, from their group. Uh, the women's hockey, so that's on live at the moment. It's nil all. The hockey ruse up against the Kiwis. And we must uh, mention that Alex Van Anhold has again come through with the, the curse after uh, stating New Zealand hadn't won a gold. They picked up a gold this morning in the uh, rowing. So good on you, Al, helping out our Tasman neighbours there. Still seven in front though. So, And I'm not looking, at, not looking over my shoulder and I doubt anyone, any of our listeners are either. All right, moving on to what we've got in store for tomorrow, our day seven preview. Um, so we've got the men's golf kicking off at 8.30. Cam Smith and Mark Leishman find the flag for the Aussies there. Um, 9.30, the equestrian, the uh, individual and team eventing gets underway. Uh, Andrew Hoy in his eighth Olympics, Shane Rose and Stuart Tinney, an apt name for an Aussie, might I add. Um, Obviously, Andrew Hoy is a big story. 62-year-old from Colquhoun is the only Australian to have competed at seven Olympics. And when he trots out tomorrow on Vasily Del Lasso, he'll be uh, an eight-time Olympian. So um, searching for his fourth gold medal, having taken out the team event at both Barcelona, Atlanta and Sydney, and of course carried the flag at Atlanta. So one of Australia's most celebrated Olympians, Andrew Hoy in action tomorrow morning. Uh, the beach volleyball women's preliminary round. We've got Mariafa Atacha Del Sola and Taliqua Clancy up against the might of the Russian Olympic Committee. Uh, the girls have already qualified for the round of 16, so that's good news from the beach volleyball court. Um, the shooting, 
We've got Eleanor G in action again, this time in the women's 25-meter pistol. Uh, we'll be looking to improve on her performance in the 10-meter air pistol that we mentioned earlier. Uh, and then we head to the Olympic Stadium for the first time since the opening ceremony for the kickoff of the athletics. Um, 10.15, we've got the King of Westeros, formerly known as the Three-Eyed Raven, heir to the Iron Throne, Brandon Stark. Also, coincidentally, Mitchell Stark's brother in the high jump. Uh, and then the men's steeplechase at 10.30, which is contested by Ben Buckingham, Matthew Clark, and Edwards, Edward Trippus. Um, a bit later on, we've got the men's discus. Um, Matthew Denny will be competing for the Aussies in the preliminary rounds there. Uh, 11 o'clock, we've got the Kookaburras back in action against Spain, potentially their toughest outing of so far. So they'll be looking to roll on. They've had a, they've made a cracking start and sit undefeated on top of their group. Um, and then we got, we're back to the, um, the shipping lane for the women's eight rowing and the men's eight, actually. So they both qualified through the rapid charge, um, as Tom explained last night. Not our best rowers, as you might think, as it's probably the Blue Ribbon event in the um, rowing, but um, they've got it all to do. They're both uh, qualified slowest, but fantastic effort to make the final. Um, and they'll be definitely worth a watch. Back to the BMX racing for the semifinals. Uh, Lauren Reynolds and Saya Sakakara Barra in action again. Saya, the big story there. Um, her brother, who was her training partner, Kai, he unfortunately had a bad accident last year um, and suffered quite a horrific brain injury and suffered a few long-lasting, has got a few long-lasting effects. It was his birthday today, so it was nice to say to provide him with a birthday present of getting through to the semis. Uh, he's actually over there supporting her, so certainly one to keep an eye on there. Uh, the Athletics, we're back there for the women's 800 metres. Uh, for the Aussies, we've got Katrina, Bissett and Morgan Mitchell. Uh, rugby Sevens, Australia have got their hardest game of their campaign. They come up against the USA to see who tops the group. Be a massive step up in quality. The Yanks have been a developing force in the women's game. They've been really strong on the World Series, probably top four along with the Kiwis and the Canadians. Um, so that'll be a big one for Charlotte Caslick, Shani Williams and the girls. Uh, also important to note, the quarterfinals of that will kick off at 6.30 through to 8. Um, not, to not sure what time the Aussies will be yet, but definitely one to – not one to miss, that's for sure. Um, the swimming, that's probably our best chance at a goal tomorrow. We've got the women's 100-meter free. Um, Emma McEwen and Kate Campbell, they've qualified first and third fastest. Emma, the first fastest, obviously, in lane four. Um, she'll be looking to keep a great form up from this event, and she's been pretty dominant so far in the pool. So very good chance there to go one and two. 11.59, that, that will, that'll start. And then at one o'clock, we head back to the tennis court. After we took care of uh, the Werris Creeks today in the mixed doubles with Barty and Piers in good form, we now take on the Russian Olympic Committee pairing of Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova and Andre Rublev. So it'd be great to see uh, a win there, guarantee a gold or a silver. And then, Ollie, we're back to your pet event, the, uh, the sailing. What's happening at, at the Regatta Centre tomorrow? Mate, very exciting times. Um, a big day today for the Aussies. Mixed results. Men's 470, race three and four for Matty Belchett and Will Ryan. 
They sit five points clear in first spot. Obviously, a long way to go there, but um, great start from the lads. Men's 49er, the Phillips brothers, not their day. They finished 11th and 15th and have dropped back to 7th from 3rd. The women's laser radial, Marsha Stransky. She had a pretty rough morning, finishing 45th. And then the afternoon, she was 24th. So she just dropped back to 20th. Um, bit of work to do in the women's 470 for Monique Dreves and Nia Sherwood. Tw- they came 12th and 8th today to sit 11th overall. The women's 49er FX, 12th and 10th today for Tess Lloyd and Jemay Ryan. They dropped to eighth overall with six races to go. But the big news from the Stalling Regatta was uh, Matthew Wern's performance. He finished first in race six and first in race seven. He's jumped the sip Pavlos Condides to sit in first place overall by a mammoth 15 points. Race nine and 10 tomorrow. So make sure you catch that because the medal race on Sunday, Matty's a massive chance. So good to see Al, back to the Whitewater. Yeah, so at 3 o'clock, we're back at the uh, the Whitewater Stadium over there in Tokyo in the, for the men's K1 semifinal. Um, Lucy and Delphor will be our sole representative in, uh, there after qualifying third fastest for the semis. He actually finished 17th in this corresponding event at Rio, uh, but he's had some promising results in the World Cup meets pre-COVID. Um, so he might just have what it takes to push for a medal here. So that's definitely going to be an interesting one in what's become our favourite sport. How about what, what else is happening in the water tomorrow over at the springboard, Tommy? Yeah, well, we've got um, the first of our diving competitors um, on the springboard tomorrow. We've got Esther Kin and Annabelle Smith. So they'll be competing in the women's three-metre springboard. Um, Esther was a spring, was a, a bronze medalist, actually, in the one-metre springboard in the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. And um, Annabelle was actually a member of the bronze medal-winning three-metre springboard synchro, so that fast team in Rio. So, um, you know, these, these two girls, obviously diving is a very, very tough competition, um, generally dominated by, you know, China, Russia, America. Um, so it'd be great if these girls can really push on um, into medal contention. Um, and then I think we're um, onto the football field, are we out? Yeah, so we're back to the football field tomorrow. Obviously, the Ollie Roos went out last night. Um, as we brought to you live on our show, which was very disappointing. But tomorrow we've got the Matildas and Great Britain in the quarterfinal. The girls were lucky enough to sneak through to the knockout stage from the group of death as the second best third place team. And so they're up against the Brits who have actually only conceded one goal in their first three matches so far. So it's going to be a tricky one. But uh, with Sam Kerr leading the line and some other inspiring performances from young youngsters such as Mary Fowler, um, we're every danger of, of knocking them out which we love to see. And then I think we're back at the Olympic Stadium for the first athletics uh, medal of the, of the Olympics, Tom. That's it, Al. Um, so we've got two, two big events tomorrow night. Um, the women's 5,000 metres, so that the round one of that, we've got Isabel Bat-Doyle, Jenny Blundell and Rose Davies competing in that now. The, these three of girls don't really have um, great world rankings going into this event. Obviously, pretty dom- pretty much dominated by um, a number of the African nations. But it'd be interesting to see how they go, whether they can progress in any in, into any of the finals. And then following that, we've got the first medal me- uh, medal event of the track and field program, and that's the men's ten thousand meters. 
Now, Patrick Tiernan is our lone Aussie in the infield. Um, you know, he's going to be up against it because there's some serious names in that field. Um, you know, some guys who've kind of almost become household names because of how uh, dominant they've been on the track. But, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I can't wait. Uh, the track's obviously, it's kind of a, a uh, I don't know, how do you say, whilst the pool's starting to wind down, the track's picking up from an Aussie point of view. I think the medals will start to dry up, but the entertainment still flows. So it's going to be an exciting next week or so, um, you know, potentially not for us on the medal front, but in terms of uh, viewing quality, it's going to be explosive. Um, and then obviously we've got another bit of swimming tomorrow night. We've got uh, the heats of the women's 50-metre freestyle, so an out-and-out shootout there. Um, with Emma McKean and Kate Campbell. I believe Kate Campbell's the favourite for that event. Um, and then we've got the men's 1500 freestyle. So Jack McLaughlin will be backing up after his 800 metre swim and Thomas Neal will be in that as well. And then we've got the women's and men's 4 by 100 metre medley relay heats too. So another very exciting night in the pool. That's it. And now it's time to make our listeners some money um, with our second multi. Um, obviously, our one today didn't quite win. Um, my leg got up. Tom, what happened with yours? Uh, my shooter in the uh, men's trap final ended up coming third. I was watching it this afternoon. I know a few people did get on the bet, um, and he sort of crumbled towards the end. He was he was the youngest shooter in the field, um, and I think the pressure got to him. But you know, I'll be looking for him in Paris. <laughs> The pressure of having the weight of the Tokyo's 2020 podcast listeners on his back. It was all a bit too much. But anyway, it was one better than Al, whose event actually <laughs> was last night. Yeah, so I sort of jumped the gun there. I was pretty keen. I saw that market up on the sports bet page and I was, thought the Russian Olympic Committee three-on-three basketball team was a sure thing against another um, former union of the Soviet Union, the Latvians. Um, but that was actually on last night. I think that concluded before the podcast recording finished. And then obviously long before the, uh, the podcast went to, went to air this morning. Um, and just to top things off, uh, they actually lost that. So <laughs> it's, um, I, I saved you your dough, but I also made a downright idiot of myself after talking up my gambling abilities last night. So I think that's a bit of good what karma, have, what good have you karma for, that, for you. Right, what have you going first um, for our, our listeners tomorrow? What have you got for them now? Well, like you, Tommy, I'm really keen for the uh, athletics over the Olympic Stadium and the 10,000 metres. Whilst it might not be exhilarating to most viewers, I love sitting down and just watching um, 15 little blokes run around the track for God knows how long. So the Ugandan world record holder actually holds the 5,000 metre and the 10,000 metre world records. Um, Joshua Teptegai, Cheptegai. Uh, he's actually $4.50. I think it's a juicy price considering he only set that world record in October last year. So that's that's my input. Yeah, Tommy? Nice. Well, I'm, um, I was a little bit more, uh, I think I got a little bit greedy last night with my $5 shot. So I've gone for something a little bit shorter. Um, we Sweden to beat Egypt in the European handball now. Sweden were actually runners up in the world championships last year, believe it or not. Um, they've got quite a strong European handball program. So I think the, this is decent just, just to bump up the multi a little bit. That being said, Egypt do have a decent handball team. So uh, I think Sweden at $1.80 here, even money. 
um, should should add a little value to this multi. I think that makes sense, particularly as Egypt's not even in Europe. I've gone um, with the pool, making the most of that while we can. Um, backing up off James Doubledy Cook today, I've gone with Kaylee McEwen to take out the backstroke. Um, so that's paying $1.28. So it's short odds, but um, put it in the multi to boost it anyway. So the, the, mop, well, the multi is all paying together at whopping $10.36. Um, and it's as good as a sure thing. So put the house on it, but always remember, gamble responsibly. Um, that's just about it for tonight, lads. Uh, I encourage listeners to reach out via our email, ozolympics at gmail.com um, or our Twitter. We've also launched an Instagram page, which is tokyo's.2020. So give that a follow because we'll be posting the uh, multi for anyone who missed it. Um, hopefully they're all tomorrow, not tonight. Tom, always a pleasure. Thank you, Ollie, and I look forward to another exhilarating day of Olympics tomorrow. Alamos. Thanks, Ollie. Yeah, thanks, Tom, as well. Um, yeah, another um, great session in the studio with you guys tonight, or the virtual studio, should I say. And likewise, I'm looking forward to a big day tomorrow, knocking the top off a few froths and then getting stuck in for a big weekend on the couch. Absolutely. Might just add one more thing. We, um, we've had a look at the analytics again and our listener in Japan has listened to the last two in a row and still hasn't reached out. So if you're listening to day seven, we're waiting. Give us a call. Get in touch. <laughs>